The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to... Mic check, one, two, big poser coming to you fake yeah. ever. Got no more games since nah. I got with the juice. Uh-uh. No cruising with my friends, they cut me loose. Now my coach is hating, parents keep berating. Good thing my team's still behind me saying. Hey, yo, what happened to my teammates, man? Yo, where y'all at, man? Come on, man. I thought we were family. Ugh, don't be a poser. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine, and I have a very special guest on this very rainy, very rainy, rainy, wet Monday. Uh, she's very, very inspiring. Cindy Joseph is calling in from the East Coast. She is a Ford Classic supermodel and a makeup artist, and I'm really looking forward to having her on the show. And uh, she'll, she will share some very inspiring stories about how she got to be a Ford supermodel, and if you Go to my blog, you will see how incredibly gorgeous she is. And I'm not going to share any of the details, but you can go to the blog. It's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and she'll be on in just a moment. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am so good. It's nice to be here. You know, you were telling me about the weather. You're calling in from the East Coast. I know it's... Well, we're getting a lot of rain right now. That's California winter for you. I, I remember know. when. I know. I know, because you're from here, you were telling me. Yeah, I spent a big part of my life in Northern California. And my heart is there. I know. I know. So <laughs> I... day, people say, you're from California, aren't you? Wh- why? How can they tell? Well, I can't quite figure it out. It's like I, it's in my cells or something. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it that continues is. and continues. I thought it would eventually fade away after I'd been here for five or ten years, and now it's been over 20 years, and I still get that same comment. Well, you have a very uh, radiant look to you, you know, like you are just, you know, out in nature and just wholesome and, and, I think I heard about you uh, on Yahoo. I think there was a feature on you. Oh, the Yahoo uh, second act videos. Yes. Oh, uh, that was so much fun. I love those videos. They have so many great stories. How did they hear I, about you? I was so honored to be in that group. It was really, really fun. And they really got it. They really understood what my whole philosophy is all about. You know, I've been in the fashion and beauty industry for a very long time, about 27 years as a makeup artist and over 12 years now as a model. Wow. And um, I just knew it was time. It was time to stand up and say, enough. Yes. Enough is enough. (laughs) And elaborate on that. 
Tell me about that. Well, everything is anti-age. Yes. Anti-wrinkle. Anti-every woman pushing 40. Yes. And we are continually bombarded by this message that we have to look like we are in our childbearing years. That is the only way to be interesting, valuable, attractive, fashionable, and on and on. And it's... Horrible. Completely make-believe. I know. It's, 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 it's what I call it the last piece that, is, that we need to shed from many years ago. I mean, we got the vote 100 years ago. We were liberated 40 years ago. We have ran for president. Mm-hmm. Why on earth are we holding on to this concept that we are only valuable during our childbearing years, or at least if we look like it? I agree. I agree. It's, you know, some people say, well, it's either Botox or bangs. You know, people, they they are so afraid to age and look natural and show wrinkles and, you know. Yes, and completely understandably. I have absolute and total compassion for every woman and myself in that area because we were born into a society that judges us the most heavily in the area of looks. And then they say our looks start to fade, disappear, and go away after we turn 29. Oh, how sad. So we are led to believe, like, oh, man, I'm not going to get the flirtation, the fun, the attention right. unless I look young. And you can make a 95-year-old woman blush. We love the attention. We love being valued. And we want to be valued for who we are until the day we die. And we don't want to have to do it with Botox and hair dye. Yes, yes. Well, you're stunning. I actually posted your picture on Facebook that you were coming on the show and my blog, and you should see the reaction. Oh, oh, I am so excited. And thank you for that wonderful article. I, I I just read it right before I came on the show, and I was very touched by it. You uh, captured, you got the essence of what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and it's so gratifying. Well, it's so important because we put such stress on ourselves, and we think that if we go out and we get the plastic surgery or we lose the pounds or we you know dye our hair a certain color that we're going to gain the attention of our loved ones or whatever, or we're going to feel better about ourselves, but that feeling better starts from within. Well, that's absolutely right. And, you know, I really want to go back to this whole idea that if you do dye your hair and you get a shot of Botox or do any of those things, I am certainly not saying that is dirty, bad, and wrong. I say if it makes you feel good and you are honoring yourself as a woman Mm -hmm. and you're going for it out of enthusiasm and pleasure and desire then I'm all for it 100%. And okay. the bottom line is, if you feel good, you're going to look good. That's true. And we are so judgmental of ourselves. And we're so lenient with our girlfriends. <laughs> I have so many girlfriends, they're like, oh, look at this cellulite, or look at that wrinkle, or oh my gosh. And I'm like, honey, do you have any idea how gorgeous you are, and how wonderful you are? I and don't. the more I get to know you, the more beautiful you become. Do I say that to myself? No. That's a whole nother thing. We look in the mirror and it's like, oi, look at this, look at that, i got to fix this, i got to fix that. And it's just, it's just so, it's time to take off 
those critical filters when we look in the mirror and start looking at our own faces and our own bodies with that kind of love and support and compassion that we do the other women in our lives. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Now, tell me about your backstory. You, you've been in the fashion industry. You know, share a little bit about your bio, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, I started out as a makeup artist in the late 70s in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my training really came from being addicted to makeup in high school and thinking that I looked terrible without it, and I wouldn't walk out the door without the full, I mean, we're talking about all artillery was pulled out, the full ball of wax, I wore base, concealer, eyeliner, eyebrow pencil. Wow. Not one, but two pair of fake eyelashes, mind you. (laughs) You know, within the twiggy days and all that, so I pour open pour through all the fashion magazines and try to copy this one and copy that one. And then, of course, my girlfriends were like, oh, do me, do me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was learning the skills of applying makeup to somebody else's face and uh, following all these different techniques. And I had a blast. I mean, a big part of it was just pure entertainment. But a big part of my motivation was also fear and later when the 60s, the late 60s came around, um, I was being, you know, affected by all the new opinions and all the new ideas that were happening. Well, Cindy, why fear? Well, okay, fear of not being noticed, uh, not yeah. being liked, not being pretty enough, not being an in-crowd, mm-hmm. not getting the boyfriend, or whatever it was that, you know... I, I and my friends were afraid of, that was motivating our desire to wear the makeup and have the hairstyles and wear the latest fashions. And if you think back when we're little girls and we're just playing dress up, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not thinking about that. We're just having fun with the stuff and the colors and... (laughs) And and just being playful or living out of fantasy. I'm a fairy, you know, sure. I'm a ballerina or whatever. I'm a truck driver, whatever it may be. Yes. And our motivation starts to change as we get older because of all these messages that we receive almost subliminally from society. And then we start doing the dressing up and the makeup and the jewelry because we're motivated instead of by fun and pleasure, we're being motivated by fear. Yes. And that is the key for me, you know, for each woman to mm-hmm. really take a look at what is motivating her. So that's why I bring that up. Sure. No, <laughs> that's so important. It's so important. And so now tell me about your parents. Would they influential, influential with you at all? You know, I would say my parents influenced me in that they really enjoyed life. Mm-hmm. And my mom was kind of a no-nonsense her mother was frilly and wanted to dress her up in pink and frills and all that, <laughs> and she didn't want anything to do with it. She wanted to take drafting. She wanted to climb trees. She wanted to do all the things that the boys in her society back then could do, and Amazing. she wasn't allowed to. So she got a little rebellious, and so when she was out on her own and married, she decided to live her life the way she wanted to and not the way she was dictated. Nice. So she became a self-taught architect. And she wore practical clothes, and she wore a little lipstick once in a while, but but she really wasn't into all of that. Mm -hmm. And typically, the daughter went totally the other way. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, so so I really got involved with all that. But once um, the late 60s came around, I started taking a closer look, and I thought, how am I ever going to get married if somebody meets me with this mask on my face? And you. then it's time to, you know, wake up next to him in bed. You're what like, am I going to do? Get up or before and go make my face up? That's right. <laughs> and I just started thinking, this is crazy. Yes. And um, had an interesting experience with a girlfriend in a gas station bathroom where we started laughing our heads off in front of the mirror. And the eyelashes came off from the tears of laughter. And pretty soon we washed all the makeup off and looked in the mirror and said, okay, this is it. This is the real us. Nice. And we left that that gas station bathroom with the least flattering light imaginable. Of right? course, of course. <laughs> and said, this is who we really are. How old and were you? Excuse me, how old were you at that moment? You... I was in high school. I think I was 16 years old. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So that was a huge change. And another extremely significant time in my life was in my early 40s. And... Um, I started taking courses that were really describing the nature of men and women <clears throat> and who who we are, like just our, our, our uh, I don't know a better term for it, but just our nature, mm-hmm. and kept hearing that women are pleasure-oriented and men are goal-oriented and women are random and men are linear. And I continued taking these courses and Close to 49, I decided to start living my life according to what pleasured me and becoming pleasure-oriented instead of goal and success-oriented. And that shifted everything. I also stopped dyeing the silver hair that had come in around the sides of my my face. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit on top since I was 32, and I kind of kept that because it was a trademark. But when it started coming in on the sides... I was getting pretty freaked out. <laughs> and every time I looked um, in the mirror, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was looking more and more like my mother, more and more <laughs> like my grandmother. Right. And I went through that moment of fear, and I colored it for about six years. And then one day, I'm talking about age, and I'm talking about what a bad rap it gets. And it wasn't happening to me. I mm-hmm. was getting happier. I was getting healthier. I was becoming more self-confident. I was becoming wiser. Life was getting better and better and better. And I thought, oh, my gosh, and I'm covering my age. Mm -hmm. That's a little hypocritical. Sure. So I threw the bottle in the garbage, and I gritted my teeth and said, come on, babe, you can do this. And my hair completely grew out. And the day I cut off the last bit of color, I was approached on the street and asked to mom. Oh, come on. Yes. Come on. I'm sorry. Continue. I, I know what you're about to say, but you, you share it. Go ahead. Well, I couldn't believe it myself. I kind of looked around. I looked at this girl that had walked up to me, this casting agent, and I said, it's a joke, right? Who sent you? <laughs> and it ended up, it was the real deal. And six months later, I was signed with Ford Model Agency and wow. representing all the women of my generation, and I was selling hair products and makeup and clothing and all the fun stuff. It wasn't, you know, geriatric medicine and, right. you know, depends things for your back problems. <laughs> yeah. This was about health and beauty and fun. And I realized I am in a generation 
of women who have redefined every decade of their lives. We have never accepted the status quo. We didn't in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, and now we're in our 50s and 60s, and we are still rocking and rolling. We are doing things that no generation before us has ever done. It's amazing. It is truly unprecedented. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are going back and getting doctorates and master's degrees in our 70s. We are starting new businesses, as I just did a year and a half ago. We are becoming yoga teachers. We're running marathons. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, (laughs) who was doing that in their 50s in the late early 1900s? No one. It's truly Mm -hmm. remarkable, and it's not just our generation. It's science, the progress of science. You know, it's learning what health really is. It's it's emotional, it's mental, it's physical, it's staying awake and aware and active and paying attention and it's it's so so exciting and the the part that thrills me is that we now have an opportunity to shift the entire attitude of our society because now the younger generation can look up and see silver hair and wrinkles as happy, enthusiastic, full of vitality, doing interesting, amazing things. Instead of looking at, you know, misery, closed-mindedness, ill health. Exactly, exactly. Like she's gray and she's basically not doing much with her life and she's not happy. Yeah, Yeah. so now (laughs) the, the crow's feet and the silver hair can represent something positive instead of something negative. Yes, yes. Now, how old were you when you were approached on the street by this casting agent? I was 49 years old. Unbelievable. I pinched myself every day for a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've been in the industry for a long time, and this is something really new. But then I looked around, I saw the other models in my division at the agency, and it's like, yeah, baby, we're doing it. Yes, yes. Very exciting. Now, tell me something, because you, you just have such a youthful look to you. Do you. Is there some kind of routine you do to, you, you must exercise, eat well? I mean, is there some, something you do you'd like to share with my listeners? Well, <clears throat> first I'm going to tell you the truth. Okay. <laughs> the truth is, <laughs> When I am photographed, mm-hmm. and nobody's seeing me in real life, they're seeing me in images, they're seeing me, what they do to those pictures, mm-hmm. and I tell them, please don't retouch it. Leave that age spot. Leave that wrinkle. Leave that thing. Okay. Women want to see real. Yes. Yes. They want to relate. They want to see somebody that looks similar to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even in my videos that I have, I have these little demo videos on my website to show people how to use the boomsticks and the mm-hmm. boom silk, and they're very useful and very helpful, but I have to use a light that will actually show the product going to my face and everything. Well, it ends up that that type of lighting is known in the industry as beauty lighting, and it's huge, and it comes from the front, and it makes all everything disappear because you don't have any shadows. I see. So the other day, I actually videotaped myself walking around and showing my face and my skin and everything in different light. And I've got the crepey, crepey skin I'm hanging on my neck. <laughs> I've got the little jowls going on. I've got the puffs around the corners of my mouth. I have lots of wrinkles under my eyes and the corner of my eyes and 
everybody, they don't get to see it because right. it's either retouched or it's lit a certain way. Exactly. And it's, it's the nature of the business and it's changing or I would not be modeling and women of my age wouldn't be modeling, but we still have a long way to go. That's so true. That's so. I mean, I was looking at Jamie Lee Curtis. Now she's let her hair go gray as well and she's in a lot of these uh, yogurt ads and I, you know, I thought that's great. She's just being who she is. Yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting, if you watch the way somebody moves, you look at an actor, mm -hmm. they can actually add age to the way they look by just moving their body differently. Really? Give me an example. Well, okay, take a 26-year-old actor who's very fit, mm -hmm. and he's going to play an old man. Mm-hmm. Well, they can put the silver streaks in his hair and put the wrinkles on his face and everything, but if he still keeps walking and moving as he does in his yes. body, he's mm. not going to look old. That's right. He cannot have any of the wrinkles or any of the hair, but he kind of gets really stiff, shuffles his feet a little bit to move, mm -hmm. and when he turns, he doesn't turn his neck. He turns his whole body to one side or the other, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's an old man. Sure, sure. And... One of the one of the fallacies, one of the myths about aging is that you have to get stiff and unhealthy. Right. What happens is if you don't stay fit and eat well and take care of yourself in your youth, it accumulates. Your ill health doesn't show up at first because you still have your vitality from birth. Mm -hmm. But over time, it starts sort of, you know, working its way more and more and your health starts to decline and finally your ill health shows up by the time you're 50 or 60. But if you keep yourself healthy, and I'm not just talking about eating well and exercising, I'm talking about emotional health and psychological health. Mm -hmm. And it takes effort. It, you yes. have, it's not going from from uh, below zero up to neutral, it's going from good, from neutral, everything's mm -hmm. fine, and stepping up. Right. And that is not common in our society unless you're an Olympic athlete. Interesting. So people do something about their health after they get sick, after they have the heart attack, after they find out they got diabetes. But if you are proactive and start taking care of yourself before any of those things start happening, before your health declines, you can go up, up, up. I mean, there are people in the Masters Olympics that are winning gold medals at age 99 and 103. What? Really? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. I have a friend who's a photographer, and he photographed some of the gold medalists in the Masters Olympics about, I want to say, 10 or 15 years ago. He told me a story about a man who was 99 years old, and he was feeble, and he kind of was bent over, but there was nothing specifically wrong with him. And apparently he met this young uh, trainer, fitness trainer, at some party or something. And the fitness trainer started asking him questions, and he goes, so you don't have any diseases and there's nothing wrong with you? He says, come to the gym. I'm going to get you in shape. <laughs> the guy was like, what? Are you crazy? He right. goes, come on down, Pop. We're going to do it. <laughs> and at 103, he won a gold medal in the Masters Olympics. I'm blown away. That's incredible. No, I was blown away too. So there is hope for everyone. You mm -hmm. can stay healthy. You can get healthy. You can do it at any point in your life. 
And it comes from desire. It comes from passion. Mm-hmm. It, I've just always been really, really excited about life and about living as long as I possibly can. And that's not for everybody. Sure. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really interested in that. So I just do what I have to do. And I can't tell you that I'm having a really wonderful time when I'm in the middle of a workout. Right, of course. (laughs) I can't say I would not rather be on a beach sipping a pina colada. Right, of course. But once I'm done, I'm really happy I did it. So I just keep pushing and... uh, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's so true. Now, by the way, for those just tuning in, we're talking with Cindy Joseph, and this is the Get the Funk Out show, and she is a Ford Classic supermodel and makeup artist. Um, we're going to go to break in about five minutes, but I want to ask you, you said you've always been very positive. Where do you think that comes from? Whew. You know, I don't know if we're born with it, if it's chemical, if I mm-hmm. learned it from my family, or I just decided I was going to be. That's great. Um, I think it's a little bit of everything. That's great. But no matter where you are, you can always go up from there. There's always something positive to move towards. And here I am, 61 years old. I created a, cosme- a pro-age cosmetic line, and mm. now I'm at the spearhead of the pro-age movement. And I am, Dad. it's just pumping me. I can just feel this wind in my sails. And it's coming from all the women and all the men, young, old alike, that are ready for this movement to, to continue. I love it. Well, we're afraid to be who we really are and show the, what we think are our flaws, you know. And you're just saying, just be yourself. Just Yeah, that's know. right. And they're not flaws. They're mm-hmm. badges. They are, yes. you know, the physical markings that we have lived a life. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a scar from an accident. You could have, you know, age right. spots from having been hiking in the sun all your life. You can have wrinkles because your body has served you well and is continuing to serve you. And it just shows how long you've been on the planet. It's so true. These are things we earned. These are badges. These are things to be proud of. It's so true. I wish we all had that outlook. I have well, to admit, if we I keep don't... talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And you know, we we it's just a matter of changing our minds. That's all it is. You know, if you loved your grandparents, not everybody did, but mm-hmm. if you did and you had the opportunity to spend time with them, you yeah. know, there's no one I know that loved their grandparents that ever judged them in a negative way because they had wrinkly skin. They actually liked it. Oh, like, I loved it. Oh, grandma and her yes. sweet skin. That was my grandma. Her grandpa and his, you know, <laughs> white hair. Right. It's, it's really a matter of perspective, and it's really the only thing we have absolute control over. You know, it's interesting. I had a very close relationship with my grandmother, and she was so unique. She lived in a retirement home uh, later on in her life, and all the other women used to get their hair done, and it was very poofed up and and uh, silver and whatever, different colors. And she used to just comb her hair straight, dye it blonde, and go down to dinner sometimes at an event in a tuxedo. <laughs> uh, and, and she just was completely unique in so many ways, and I just adored her. And it was so funny. I mean, no one could make me laugh so hard I would cry with her. I mean, 
Oh, my gosh. What a great story. That's so beautiful. I had a friend tell me once that when she turned 40, she said, it took 20 years to become who I became, and then it took 20 years to shed it all Mm -hmm. and become truly my authentic self. So I've just been born at 40. I believe that. And Oh, man. And, you know, one cool thing about our society in terms of age is people don't notice older people as much, so you can get away with so much because nobody's looking. That's right. (laughs) That's a really, really fun part of it all. That's so true. You can be more unique. You can be more authentic. You can be more eccentric and really follow your truth and honor your path. Because you don't have that sense of I need to conform. It's 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 a freedom. Yes. It's an absolute freedom. Yes, yes. We're going to take a quick break, Cindy, and we'll be back in just a little bit. We're listening. We're talking to Cindy Joseph, and this is the Get the Funk Out Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. Driving at night can be a difficult task, but if you're tired, sleepy, or fatigued, it can be more than just difficult. It can be deadly. All it takes is a few seconds of sleep at the wheel for you to get into a serious accident. You can hurt yourself or others. If you do need to drive at night, try to get rest beforehand to make sure you have the stamina to drive. Chewing gum or singing along to music can also help keep you awake. You can try to roll down your windows for fresh air if you think that'll help. But if you start to doze off at the wheel, don't take a chance. Find a safe place to pull over and rest until you feel alert to continue, or head back to where you started from and sleep until the morning. It's better to be late than to never arrive. When you're driving at night, make sure to stay sharp. For more information, you can visit dmv.ca.gov and search keyword health safety. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. I'm lucky to grow up where I could be whatever I want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Close your eyes for a moment. Now imagine you're away from it all. Beside a crystal clear mountain stream, the cool grass crunches underfoot. Take a deep breath and drink in the sound of water cascading over the stones as birds call out from above. A real paradise like this isn't easy to come by, but it does still exist. And with your help, places like this one can last forever. You see, the Nature Conservancy works locally with communities, businesses, and people like you to preserve the most precious natural places around the world. They protect the animals that live there, the plants that grow there, and even the water. That way, this beautiful place will be beautiful forever. And we'll make sure that closing your eyes will never be the only way to get there. I'm Paul Newman. Help the Nature Conservancy save the last great places. Visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org. That's nature.org. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm your host, Janine, and this is the Get the Funk Out show, and we're back 
with Cindy Joseph. So, Cindy. Hello. Hi, hi. So, thank you so much again, by the way, for calling in. I'm, I'm so glad we could connect. Uh, you have a lot of great, inspiring stories to share. Uh, we were You were going to talk about um, your product line, I believe. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. <laughs> boom, bada, boom. It's such a fun word to play with. I've been having so much fun with it. So, what do you want to know? How did you, how did you come up with this? Was this... While you were um, starting to become a model with Ford Modeling Agency? No, not at all. Okay. I have a very dear friend who was living with me. I'd been modeling for, uh, I don't know, seven to ten years at that point. And he says to me, he says, okay, this is crazy. He says, you got to do something with this. You're this famous makeup artist for 27 years, traveling the world, making up all the supermodels and celebrities, and now you're the supermodel yourself. He says, you got to do something with that. Yes. you got to, I don't know, start a cosmetic line or something. And I looked at him and I said, another cosmetic line? Yeah, that's <laughs> just what we need, another lipstick. There is more cosmetics on this planet than anybody will ever use, need, or want. Sure. And we continued talking, and I said, you know, it's interesting because cosmetic lines are like clubs. You know, there's a red lipstick in every one of them. So if you want a red lipstick, you can go to any of those clubs and get one. But women like to join the club that they relate to. So true. So there's the Sophisticates Club or the Athletes Club or the Girl Next Door Club. And there's a cosmetic line that represents all those different aspects of women. And I realized that every single one of those clubs is an anti-age club. Yes. (laughs) You can go to the cosmetic counter and look at all that fun stuff to play dress up with. And if you are a woman over a certain age, the salesperson comes up and she goes, oh, I've got something for you, and takes you down that long line of fun, sparkly, cool stuff and hands you a jar of anti-aging cream. (laughs) I'm sorry to laugh. but Like, okay, all of a sudden just went out of that shopping spree. Yes. It's anti-us. Yeah. Not just anti-boomers, but anti-women. Right. From the minute you're born, you start aging, and you age until the day you die. So right. anti-aging is really anti-all of us. Mm-hmm. And no girl wants to think that when she hits a certain age that she's going to lose it. Of course. Lose something wonderful in her life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm going to create a pro-age cosmetic club. I love it. And that's exactly what I did. There are no concealers. There are no wrinkle creams. There is nothing in this line that tells a girl or a woman that the way you look now is dirty, bad, and wrong. You are beautiful. And when you are at your most beautiful is when you're your happiest. Mm -hmm. And when a woman is happy, her circulation is revved up. And her skin becomes colorful, it becomes radiant, it becomes dewy. So that's exactly what I designed. That's Cosmetics that have you look exactly like you already look when you're at your best and your happiest. You know, i got to share a funny story with you. I, I told you offline that uh, growing up, my mom introduced me to makeup at a young age, and 
you know, and I wish she hadn't, but but because I got so focused on it. But I remember, you know, to this day, you know, I wear makeup before I go to the house, nothing over the top. But I went camping with my girlfriends when I was in graduate school, I was in my 20s, and we couldn't shower for a couple of days. And, you know, I, I felt so raggedy, but I also felt at ease because I'm with my girlfriends and they're very accepting. So I really didn't wear hardly any makeup. And I remember one of them turning around saying, you look so beautiful. And I, I was dumbfounded. I was like, come on. And I, I mean, I hear I hadn't showered or anything. And, yep. I, and I'm like, really? She says, no, you just have this natural look to you. Yep. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's not just natural. If you look closer, and I've realized that over the years, I developed this ability to see beauty skin and what's really going on in the face deeper than the average person because I was a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. I spent my entire waking moments looking at women that were already considered the most beautiful women in the world, and I was looking at them because I had to find something wrong. You know, the supermodels on the cover of the magazines are covered with makeup. That's right. So I had to look, and I had to find something wrong, <laughs> which is a little crazy. Right. Um, so if there was just you know a slight variation in their skin tone or a little scar somewhere or something, I had to, in a sense, airbrush them with the makeup. Right. Well, that didn't last long because I I didn't want to do that. <clears throat> and I saw how beautiful they were when they walked in the door, mm-hmm. fresh face, just coming in from, you know, running down the street to get to the studio. And I would look and go, oh, my God, she's so gorgeous. And by the time they were all made up and dressed up and put on the on the set, it's like, oh, this has nothing to do with real beauty. This has to do with fantasy, yes. archetypes. Yes. Um, you know, aspiring, you know, back to this idea of clubs, it's like, okay, I relate to the powerful, bold, strong woman. I relate to the kind of ethereal, soft, flowery woman. So the fashion industry and the beauty industry creates these archetypes, but we're not supposed to actually be like them. <laughs> it's, it's more like the, the general spirit of it. Right. So um, I was known for, you know, natural makeup because I'd see these girls, they walk in with this, you know, healthy, vibrant skin, and it's like, why do I have to do anything to it? They're already great just the way they are. However, the camera tends to see things that the human eye doesn't see, like a blink. We've all taken snapshots of ourselves or our friends, and you're blinking in the the picture, and it looks like you're either half drunk or half asleep. Yes. Well, the human eye never sees that. We never see each other looking like that, but the camera does. So there is a certain amount of makeup that needs to be done so you look like you actually look in real life. Mm-hmm. So that's one, you know, that's just a technical thing. But as far as, you know, all the styling involved, that's that's really about fun. <clears throat> Another very interesting thing about makeup when I went through my, my stage of getting rid of all my cosmetics when I was in high school, I actually let the hair grow out of my legs and under my arms, Did and I really? became oh natural hippie girl. <laughs> um, I wasn't so comfortable with that either after a few years, and I started thinking humans have been tattooing themselves, piercing themselves, doing all kinds of wild things, including makeup to their bodies since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is part of human nature to do that. However, when you look at the history of it, 
Um, humans were motivated by ceremony, celebration, oh. religion. They were not being motivated by fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of having to, you know, look a certain way right. to be loved and accepted. And that's where I saw the difference. So I thought, okay, makeup can be something fun and playful or something celebratory, you know, like, sure. you know, we dress up when we go to a party. It's fun. Right. It's a fun thing to do. Right. And so it's really our viewpoint about it rather than what we're actually doing. Does that make sense? Yes, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When yeah. you Let me ask you, when you um, became... Uh, you know, you're working in Paris, you're traveling all over the place, and you're making up these women. I'm assuming it was very heavy makeup at times. Well, like I said, I ended up, <clears throat> at one point in my career, I realized I was either going to do what the client wanted or I was going to do what I wanted. Yes. If I did what I wanted and the client wasn't happy, at mm-hmm. least I pleased myself. Sure. If I did what they wanted and I wasn't happy and they weren't happy, nobody was happy. Of course. And that they were paying me for my expertise. So I thought, I need to be true to how I see women and what I feel comfortable with. And if I work, great. And if I don't, then I guess this isn't the job for me. So I started, you know, so that was very early on in my career. So I was known for my natural makeup. And it's a very, very difficult thing to do for camera because you still have to put something on to have them look like they look completely barefaced in real life. Yes. So it really took a particular kind of finesse and expertise, and that's that's really what I became well-known for. It's very interesting. It's um, Now, you're still with Ford? I am still represented by Ford. It's going to be going on 13 years. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty amazing, pretty incredible. What kind of things have you been doing? Well, very recently, I did a huge worldwide campaign with my real daughter oh. for Nivea, oh. which is a German-based company. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people know Nivea for their skin cream. Um, they are much more well-known in Europe than they are in America, and sadly the campaign will not be running in America, but it's running everywhere else in the world. Oh, I and see that. That, that has been really something special. That's great. It was a great uh, birthday gift, 60-year-old birthday oh. gift, I'll tell you that. Do you mind me asking how old is your daughter? She just turned 38, oh. and she oh. is a remarkable singer-songwriter. Um, she's getting airtime on 30 Rock. She's been uh, doing some, working with the, the production, music production there for them, and I think she just got a spot, um, a little extra spot on a show coming up in February. Uh, she's a remarkable woman. Beautiful. I oh. learn a lot from her. Julia oh. Joseph. Oh, that is beautiful. What a story. And would you say that your whole background in makeup has definitely influenced her and her whole outlook on beauty and the industry? Oh, absolutely. Well, as you well know, you know, living mm-hmm. with a mother that influenced you in certain ways, right. it's interesting how daughters or children can either rebel against everything their parents give them and go a whole other direction or take on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's individual 
from individual to individual how the story goes. But my daughter, when she was really young, she always wanted to climb into my makeup case and <laughs> play with all the goo, you know, from two and a half years old on. Yeah. And I'd always pack it up and put it away so she wouldn't get into it. And then one day I thought, oh, why fight this? She's interested. Mm-hmm. So I'll show her how to respect the actual substances, like, you know, don't clang on the powders because they'll break apart. And sure. You know, careful when you smear this on because you might break the stick and this and that. So I I showed her how to use it. Mm -hmm. And one day, she was about six years old, she walks up to me, and her lips are perfectly painted in in, a checkerboard. Come on, really? And it was, she had a more steady hand than I did. I couldn't believe it. I looked at this. She had taken two colors and did a perfect checkerboard across both of her lips. Did you take a picture? (laughs) I wish I had. (laughs) You know, it wasn't, it was, it was quite a while ago. We didn't just have those point and shoot cameras. My husband was a photographer and his cameras were way too complicated. So I just complimented her and looked at that and thought, wow, maybe I'll steal that idea one day for a photograph. Oh, I love it. I love it. For a job or something. But she had a lot of fun with it. And then when she got older, she'd come on set with me, and she decided then and there, I will never be in this industry. She just thought everybody was so shallow, these fashionistas, and all they cared about was the way they looked, the way they looked, the way they looked. Mm -hmm. She was not impressed, and she was already very musical at that point. So she went off on that tangent and uh, continued that way. And then... Not that many years ago, a girlfriend of hers, who's a very creative, amazing photographer, Heather Weston, said, hey, could you come and help me? I need hair and makeup for the shoot I'm doing. Oh, funny. (laughs) And, of course, she had all the skills, so she started working with her just for the fun of it, and lo and behold, now she's getting paid jobs to do this. Perfect. And it's something she's enjoying because of the freedom and the fun, and now she's you know has a much stronger point of view about women and beauty and age and all of that. So she's totally secure That's and enjoying great. it. Um, however, her her true career and love and talent is music. That's beautiful. What kind of music does she play, by the way? Um, the music that she sings and records is all original, mm-hmm. all her own lyrics and. Music and production, and it's a mixture of folk, Mm -hmm. jazz, and blues. Beautiful. Some of her songs go more folky, some go more jazz, some go more blues, and she's remarkably talented. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love hearing these stories about mother and daughter. I have two daughters myself, so... Oh, wonderful. Oh, I always wanted a sister. (laughs) I didn't grow up with girls, but um, having a daughter has been amazing, and I just just love hearing about women with daughters. It's great. (laughs) It is amazing. It is amazing. And how old are they, and what are they up to? Uh, They're 9 and 12, and uh, they actually don't have school today, so they might be listening. Hi, girls. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, no, they're great. They're great. And uh, nobody's wearing any makeup, thank goodness, except I have to admit, and hopefully my youngest won't kill me for saying this, it was very cute. I didn't get angry. When she was about four, I think she got into my makeup kit, but she had the lipstick all over her cheeks and, the, you know, everything was everywhere and I knew I had to put things away. She, I think she just thought it was like a craft kit, you know. Oh, that's fun. I know. That's well, so you know, we're all so different and you know, we're all somewhere between, you know, male and female. We all fall somewhere 
in between. It's a continuum. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did when my kids were little, I had a boy and I had a girl. Mm -hmm. I gave them both trucks and cars and all the so-called boy toys, and I gave them both, you know, nail polish and dolls and all the so-called girl toys and thought, let them take their own pick. You know, we all have, have, you know, a different path. That's right. And um, it's really fun to just see how people turn out themselves without being so heavily um, uh, pushed toward any particular direction. And to me, that's one of the thrills of having children. You get to actually meet brand new people that are unique and individual from the get-go. Yes, and discover who they are and their interests and their passions. Yeah, and just see what they end up doing. It's just so much fun. It is, it is. Most definitely. So I was going to say, with the boomsticks, yes, um, they're for everybody. They're, there's, uh, for if your skin is porcelain, chocolate, or anything in between, there's one color that works for everybody. Okay. And most people are very skeptical about that. But it's one color fits all because it's sheer enough for your skin tone to come through and customize it for you. That's great. And then there's a moisturizing stick, which is for everybody, and a glimmer stick. And one of the things I'm discovering from my customers, because they're constantly writing in testimonials about the products and how much they like them and what they use them for, they are giving them to their young daughters to introduce them to makeup with an attitude that oh. they... Um, they're not covering things up, really. It's not about looking like, you know, the latest pop star. Yes. And it's about you're pretty the way you are. This is fun to play with. This is just going to have you look like you went out and, you know, took a great run, went to the gym, danced, or laughed with your girlfriends. And it's not about changing your features, making your nose smaller, bigger, your lips fuller, or, you know, it's like... Nice. You're great the way you are, and it's healthy. It's good for you. There's, it's made of all safe ingredients. The moisturizers are 100% organic. So, you know, they're going to get into it one way or another. Right. That's so, so why true. not introduce them with a healthy perspective? That's true. Now, if people want more information about you, I notice you do have a blog, but uh, do you have a website you want to throw out? Sure. It's boombycindyjoseph.com. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of pages. There's product pages, and you can purchase products, or you can just go to the essays on the thoughts page, or you can go to the press page and look at all the great press that Boom and the Pro-Age Revolution has been getting lately. Um, Beautiful. And you can write to me and tell me what you think. I love that. I love hearing from customers. I love hearing from women and what their viewpoints are and what they feel and, ah. It's wonderful. It's it's really been a year and a half of the best adventure because I feel so much more connected to all the women in not only in America but I mean I'm getting letters and orders from women in Europe, in Australia, in the Far East, from Greenland, from Iceland. It's crazy. Well, I have to say, excuse me, when I saw you on Yahoo, when I saw the photo of you and just, it just seemed like you were just such a real person. You're, you're, it's refreshing. You're being, just being you. And here I am, my gray hair, being me, and I'm authentic. And people want to see that. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And what is 
so exciting is we are recognizing each other. Mm-hmm. It's women mm-hmm. recognizing women. And I met the actress Emma Thompson once. Oh. oh, it was such an incredible day. I was hired to make her up and stuff for the day for all her press photos. And she was telling me about a film she did where she had a nude scene. And she said, normally, an actress like me would get a body double. (laughs) And they would have, you know, like some 25-year-old buff body representing some, you know, 35-year-old actress in the film. And she said, I refused to do it. I wanted to show a real woman. Oh, I love it. I did the scene myself, and she goes, okay, I work out, but, you know, I've got the cellulite and the lumps and bumps here and there. And she said, I remember sitting in the movie theater when I was a young woman looking up and feeling horrible because all I saw were these completely, you know, bodies that were so specifically uh, uh, representative of what was the beauty ethic of the time. Sure. And feeling horrible because I went home and took my clothes off and looked in the mirror and I didn't see that. Right. right. It's like I, ah, the last thing I would want to do would be misrepresent me and who I am and what I look like. Good for you. Good for you. And, you know, it's one of the things you said earlier about finding your passion or, or going after your pleasure. You really have to be true to who you are and figuring out what makes me tick, what makes me happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just met an awesome woman the other day. Oh, my gosh. She just started a website called Better After 50, <laughs> EF50. She's somebody you would love to interview. Okay. She's awesome. So I met her for the first time because she had a writer interview me for her website. And um, we had this long lunch together and talked and laughed and cried over, you know, just being women. And then she looked at me and she said, Honey? I will never let my hair grow out. <laughs> I will always dye my hair. <laughs> and I looked at her. I said, as long as you say it with a smile on your face, honey. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it was great. It was kind of like, you know, we high-fived it because she was honoring who she is, yes. and she had no qualms about it. Yeah, it's great. It's and great. I'm doing the same thing. And I hope every woman feels the confidence and the freedom to honor herself in every way. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really been great having you, Cindy. Oh, thank you so much. Your questions were fabulous. Oh, you so are sweet. a hell of a good listener, honey, because thank I you. know how to talk. No, you know what? <laughs> it was it was very interesting. And again, I encourage people to go to your website. Going to throw that out one last time before we wrap up. Boombycindyjoseph.com. Beautiful. Have a wonderful day, and I'll be back in touch with you soon. Thank you so so much. All it was right. a blast. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. And Peter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in free. Two, one.